There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to the Purpose Made podcast. We're here to inspire positive change in our post-pandemic global society. Talking to business leaders around the globe, discussing the highs, lows and challenges they've experienced. Our hosts, Neil Bestford and Peter Bell, created Purpose Made in 2021 during the height of the pandemic, combining their passion for people, culture and transformational change. They sit down with business leaders and ask, what does the future look like? Don't forget to click subscribe to hear all the latest news and views on our changed global society. Hi and welcome back to the Purpose Made podcast. In this episode, we chat to Constantin Papadopoulos, founder of Zurich-based sales firm Sniper Sale. Constantin is a former colleague of mine who I first had the great pleasure of meeting whilst working in Switzerland for Nestle. As well as chatting for everything from the pandemic to the purpose behind Sniper Sale, we wanted to focus on the importance of storytelling in business in respect to building trust, loyalty and engagement. Chatting to Constantine was an absolute pleasure and we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. For more information on the power of storytelling beyond this podcast, feel free to head over to our website purposemade.uk and check out our blog. Thank you for listening and without further ado, let's get into it. Hi and how are you? Hi Pete, just a pleasure to to be here with you and I'm doing very good in Zurich. Nice. What about you? Yeah, no, really good, thank you. It's a beautiful day here, so I can't complain. It's a real pleasure to actually have you on the call with us today to, I guess, those listening to this pod. I've had the pleasure of working with Costin um, during my time at Nestle when we both worked on Nestle's um, Global Audit program based over in switzerland and yeah that was that was the first time we met so it, it's it's great to actually all these many years after to get you on the call and continue a conversation exactly it was a i think we, we have a, a shared passion for socks i remember the first time i met you i think you showed us your socks and they were so colorful and, and I still wear these long socks with a lot of colors and, and, and designs. This is something that I always think of you when I think of, a, of, a, of Pete Bell. I remember the socks that you showed. I think there was a bowling alley that we had. Yeah, yeah. In no, it's, uh, I still got my, my colorful sock. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's crazy. Things have, things have changed so much since, since we worked together. But it may be like, let's, let's start talking about your, your, your two ventures and, and what you're doing today at, the, at this present point in time. Yeah. So I'm Constantine. I'm, I'm based in Zurich. 
I have uh, my my focus area right now is a, is a company called Sniper Sim. It's a company that grew naturally based on the on the qualifications that I had, and basically what we do is we accompany uh, companies, mostly SMEs, in uh, in two areas. The first one is um, engagement with um, with prospects and making sure that the story that they tell to their to their audience or to their prospects makes sense. And we're focused here on on B two B sales, and the other element that we do, which is I think very closely linked and is actually a natural next step is actually negotiation skills. And, and there we, we're, we're trying to reshape the way people think about negotiation. I think we still have the old mindset of thinking that negotiation is about how brilliant you are and how you can influence others. And we realize more and more that actually a good negotiator is someone who understands the reality of the other party, who has empathy, and we're working with our clients there in, in developing these uh, communication skills. I think both of us have kids, and I'm always amazed by, by the fact that we have these skills, we're born with these communication skills, and somehow we, we seem to, do, to lose them. And this is a part of the business where we work with, uh, with, uh, with our clients on how to um, remember these skills, how to reacquire these skills. It's so true. How to remember these skills or how to reacquire these skills, I agree, is essential. More often than not, though, poor communication is driven by a lack of understanding over the power of storytelling to connect with people on an emotional level, together with the ability to be authentic, to be vulnerable, to be real within the communications, conversations or tales we tell. Relationships are therefore anchored to the narrative and communication is not about simply speaking out on what we think. It's also about ensuring others hear what we mean. There is definitely a topic that I do want to cover during this, and that is about the art of storytelling and the important role it plays for businesses going forward. But before we dive into that, I think it's relevant to still talk about the pandemic because we're still very much in a, in a pandemic globally and the cases in the UK seem to be going up again. And we've got a very unique method versus everybody else into how we're approaching this. But looking at the pandemic both individually and I guess from your businesses, like what's the last 18, 19 months been like for you? It started as a great pause. So pre-pandemic, we were having a lot of business and it was probably a bit too much and too chaotic. And what I have come to learn across the past three years is one of the keys of success, and we can discuss what success is afterwards, but is focus. And, and I think what the, the pandemic enabled me short term, just as soon as it's hit us, is to rethink of what's my focus and where, where I do want to spend my time. What I realized in a second time with, with the pandemic is that we see that we're losing our ability to think long-term. And that's, that's something we're being, becoming very short-sighted and we're thinking of the next three to six months. And in a business, I think this is, a, this is very dramatic and dangerous. And that was something that you could see pre-pandemic. I mean, you could see, you mentioned our, our work in a, in, a, in a corporate world before, you could see that we're moving from like three years plan to a yearly plan to a quarter plan. And, and that we don't have this, this logic of having a footprint for the next, I don't know, three to six years. And this is, one I think, one of the elements that every business is struggling with now is we, we cannot see really far away. And I can see my customers, my clients, they really have a three to six months horizons. 
and as a business to be to strive. There's an element of investment and there's an element as well to say, I will commit resources and I will invest for the three to six years, the next three to six years. And, and that element is, is a challenge. I think we're, we're becoming very agile, but we're losing the ability to commit for, for long term. And this is the part of the pandemic that is a bit scary, I think, because we're, we're having this ability to change regularly but we don't have the ability anymore to commit for a long time. And I have seen many customers having strategic revisions, strategic shift, I think every six months. And I think it tires the team. It tires your, your company in a certain sense. And going back to storytelling, changing your story too frequently makes you not a very reliable narrator. And that's an element that we have to be cautious about. Our, our audience wants to know who we are. And that element, that revelation of who we are is something that is really important, I think, for our audience, knowing who we are as a narrator, as a business, as an individual, uh, is something that has a lot of value. Yeah, I think it's it's very much true that the, the desire to know who people are behind businesses is... Um, there's that authenticity that's been removed, I would say, because, you know, like... And touching on storytelling again, like authentic storytelling in itself is the key to gaining trust. And there's been a very different feel into how each nation has responded to the pandemic, which has driven a lack of trust in government, a lack of trust in media, and ultimately a lot of injustice throughout the world. And I think where we are now, like, like we've talked before about how CEOs are kind of taking the lead on trust and where we are now is very much about we need to kind of understand where the world is and what our central points are, what we stand for and stand against um, to make sure that like in the narratives that we're creating that they're compelling with our audience, they inspire our audience, they engage with people on an emotional and an emotive stance. There's elements of empathy there because people understand other people's journeys and it's about adding and instilling more value to society. And and that comes through a very clear central message. Like what is it you stand for? We've we've talked about this a few times. What do people stand for or stand against? But it's important to lay down these foundations because we live in a world full of noise so it's important it's important to kind of turn down the volume sometimes actively listen to society and what's going on in the world around us and actually support the wider community in what products what services what you stand for what you plan to deliver going forward and it's ultimately about supporting each other's journey to towards change i think exactly and, and i think one of the key words is empathy and as a storyteller understanding your audience, understand who are your listeners, understanding what is the rhythm and being able to adjust to that is something that is key. And I feel you're mentioning the disconnect between the governments and, and, and the overall population. And I think this is, this is the element that we're, we're missing from an emotional perspective. I think from a, from a material perspective, at least in Switzerland and I guess in the UK as well, a lot has been done on a material perspective. There was a lot of supports and funds available. But from an emotional perspective, from, from the distress that we're going through, I think we're not hearing very well what, uh, what the population is saying. And, and as a business, this is something that is very important. 
to understand and to listen. You don't have to agree. I think this is where people get wrong about empathy. Empathy is not about agreeing with the other party. It's about understanding what's driving them. And be it in negotiation or, or in selling, which is one of the things that I one two of the topics which I spend a lot of time with, is having this empathy, understanding what your customer wants is, is so valuable. And these are elements that when you tell your, your business story, it's highly valuable for, for your customer actually in the end to feel understood. And I think this is where governments, I have a feeling, are not spending enough time understanding if you look at the people who are uh, not vaccinated or don't want to be vaccinated. Uh, it's also about understanding what are the fears and not necessarily actually being very logic and, and having a list of arguments of, of why these fears are, are not uh, legit, but having the compassion and the understanding of it's okay to fear. It's okay to, to, to be uncertain about a vaccine. Um, those are elements that we have to acknowledge. And as a business, it's okay to understand that a customer could benefit from your services, but they're not ready. Communications are its best when it's clear, it's concise. And likewise to storytelling, which I think we should start chatting on a little bit more in this section is, you know, like I've, I've written kids' books before and it, it, it's, it's easy within a kids' book to understand how a journey comes across, that you have to have a start, middle, end. But throughout that journey, you have to, if you've got a central mission or a central message that has to be portrayed, sometimes you have to talk about conflict because in order to have that so-called happy ending, people have to be mm-hmm. aware about the issues that have led to that desire to change or led to that particular instance of a story to develop in the way that it did. And often I would say businesses often, they just want to put across the positive and they want to spin a positive narrative rather than the realities, which is the world that we live in. It's, it's both, you've got to have positive and negative experiences but these ultimately make you stronger. So like, why, why continue to put across the narrative of positivity all the time when you, know, you need an element of realism as well? So. Exactly. And I love the fact that you mentioned you, the, the books that you write. And there's a rhythm in the story. And you don't start the story with explaining everything that's going to happen. There are elements of surprises. And one of the work that we do... Uh, with my company is we try to teach our, our, our clients, take your time. Don't showcase everything that you can do in your first communication. There are different stages when you communicate with a client and there's a rhythm to follow. And the rhythm is not dictated by you. It's dictated by your, by, by your listener. And I'm going to make a small parenthesis. Uh, when, I, when I read a story where I, I tell a story to my kid before he goes to bed, I always adjust my rhythm to where he, where, he stay, where he stands in his sleep. So if he's still completely awake, I will slow down the story to make sure that he comes into a mind. And, and if I, I want to check that he's already asleep and really sleeping uh, deep, then I will accelerate to make sure that my story, I can end my story. And these elements of rhythm, when you're looking at a business interaction, are really important. And you have to structure it you have to restrict yourself. And you mentioned being precise, concise, and short. And when you're engaging with your, with your clients or with the, with, with the world, be very short, concise. Those are elements that will help your message to come across and also allow the, the reader 
to absorb. And I think that's what we see when we talk about the pandemic. We're telling too many things at the same time. We're over-communicating, which doesn't allow us to absorb the essential message. And that's definitely true because if we do look at the pandemic specifically, it's affected people in a variety of different ways. So your audience is now almost separated into separate boxes in the fact that some have had positive experiences and sadly others have lost loved ones, for example, or there's a financial aspect of it. There's been numerous hardships and injustices experienced. So there is no one single message to to kind of engage with a wide audience. It has to be tailored, it has to be specific. Authentic storytelling um, the key to everything is is trust and you're going to lose trust by changing your message over and over and over again. So you have to have the ability to almost draw your foot in the sand to say, this is what I stand for. This is what I stand against. And this is what I represent. It's about drumming that purpose down on onto paper, into visuals, into artwork, whatever it may be that supports what your business is about and what you represent. And with that, you're going to ultimately have deeper set, inspiring levels of connection, whereby people are going to be more engaged with what you stand for and represent because the message is clear. You stand for positive change or, or rather than, you know, I'm, I'm standing for this particular thing this week and this thing another week. It just doesn't make any sense. So structure and simplicity of messaging is, is essential. Exactly. It is essential. And we tend to forget it has become extremely easy to change focus. The cost of, of, of changing your strategy, of yourself as an individual to change your lifestyle, the, the, the cost of change has reduced dramatically. But what we tend to forget is what is the cost of change for your audience? So if tomorrow you are... We mentioned Nestle, if, tomorrow, if yesterday you were producing uh, non-recyclable products and, and non-sustainable products and tomorrow you're going to say we have changed and we have plant-based products and we're, uh, our packaging material is 100% renewable, how credible will you be for, for, for your audience? We will see that it takes time. And I see it for myself. Although I have now <laughs> closely to 20 years experience, for my clients, as an entrepreneur, I probably have three years, and I have to accept that these are the three years that are being valued by my audience. So for my audience, I'm still relatively young in the, in the business and as a service provider, and I have to hone my craft. I have to work on my skills as an entrepreneur, and that's probably going to take five, five to ten years, and that's an investment that I have to be willing to make because that's what my audience is. Even on a budget? Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I think it's also an ability to find your voice as well during this process. You know, storytelling is is one element of it and anybody can stand up on a stage and, and regurgitate a speech, but ultimately the storytellers and the, the great storytellers out there uh, have the ability to really engage with with people in a wider context as to what their individual voice may be, what do they stand for. It's no longer about the bland board and the corporate narrative, the desire not to offend. It's about connecting with people on an emotional level. And that's done by telling stories and communicating with your audience about real lived experiences. Luna, for example, was written by me as a response to the grief and loss so many of us have sadly experienced amidst COVID. These experiences do make us stronger. They are also shared experiences that help us to connect with one another. And the truth, the honesty, the vulnerability and empathy adds credence and gravitas to the stories that we're trying to tell. I don't know if you're getting it in Switzerland, but in the UK, there is a lot of push to return to norm. And I just, I cannot see it. And, you know, like for a multitude of different levels, but what's your experience of how businesses are adapting and are they seeing this period of reset that the wider society is seeing and are they willing to change? What, what's your feeling of, of that at the moment? I think there's a lot of, uh, a large part of the economy who wants to go back to normal. Unfortunately, I think we have been emotionally reset ourselves and uh, we have understood that there is nothing that is secure. And I think we see that the long-term, our long-term planning has changed and companies are struggling right now, I think, to understand how to absorb the new reality. How can you adjust to this new reality? How can you change the way that you're supposed to plan? And one of the things that came to my mind when we're talking is, is the role of social media and, and, and digital tools. I think that we, we have been able to spread our story faster than ever. We have been able, we are able to change our content relatively fast. But what we don't realize is that our audience is not that fast to change. And businesses will have to rethink who they really are. And you mentioned authenticity, being clear about who you are for the long term, not for the next six months, not not for the next year, but really for the next three to four years, will have a major impact. You know, that that short-termism is 
Historically, it's it's probably been on the basis of profit. Like there's been too much of a central focus on you've you've got a business, therefore all you want to be is like profitable. And all, all you want to do is make profit. Therefore, your products and services that you your offerings that you put out to the wide society, your your customers, your consumers is um, very profit driven and profit focused. But we have seen it. People are expecting more. You mentioned visions and values. Um, that's a central piece to it. Like people in the wider society they have an alignment to companies nowadays i'm more i'm I'm less inclined to care too much about how some how much something costs if i believe in what they have to offer and what they stand for you know and we can do this we can hold companies account not only through the likes of social media to call call out wrongdoing but you can also like I've said it on a previous podcast, I think we were talking to Finisterre and um, their business model is very much built around sustainability. And there's um, there's charterships such as B Corp to ensure that they're held accountable for you know their delivery towards sustainable goals, et cetera. There's even the wider UN's 15 sustainable development goals that are holding companies accountable to what they should be delivering upon on a wider stance. And, and because of this, because of this central message and because of this desire from the wider society to change, I agree. Anybody that's just focused on short-termism is, um, is going to be eclipsed as we progress and as we kind of emerge out of the pandemic because because the thing that people forget is likewise to what happened during the financial crash, whilst a lot of companies kind of just, you know, like dug in and hoped to like wait out the wave of the financial crash, what they did, what they didn't see is when they had an opportunity to reemerge, their whole kind of society in which they operate and do business within has changed. And the same is happening throughout COVID. People have kind of changed their buying habits they've changed their beliefs they've changed their structures of how they operate yeah it's it's ultimately up to business leaders to understand that this is just this is not a short-term change this is a long-term change it's going to take a lot of um time i think and and consciousness as to what their impacts are and and again, this this all merges and migrates into the storytelling narrative. Like anybody can tell a story, but is it believable? Is it something that you you're truly vested in? Historically, we've had cultural shifts. For example, when you go to an interview and you see during a process of interview that oh, we're an amazing culture and we do this and this for our employees, but you can go to things like Glassdoor and within an instance find out what it's really like inside there. So companies don't have that almost like cloak of invisibility anymore to use a Harry Potter analogy they've been revealed everybody's been revealed and it's like if you're not willing to own your decisions and own what you stand for you'd be by- you quickly bypassed it seems to me that there's a misunderstanding in the business world with agility businesses have to be agile but one element where they should not be agile is who they are in a certain sense that you have to be true to who you are and that's that is the driver of your purpose and and this has to be a long-term commitment that is recognized by everybody in society of who you are and people have to be able to trust you now how you communicate about it how you design your business operations they're probably with this the, the reality of the, um, uh, of the COVID situation or the post-pandemic situation, you will require some agility. So i give you an example. I work a lot with the, the restaurant industry and they have been obviously very impacted by the, um, by the pandemic. 
But when you think of their, their purpose and who they are, they're about delivering high quality meals to their customers. Now you can still do that if there's if your customers are staying at home. You have to change your operations, you have to design it differently. But if you're a chef, you still have this ability. Obviously it requires a 180 degrees change of mind, but it doesn't change who you are. And, and this is the, 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 the key value that I try to preach to my clients. Understand who you are, make sure that you are clear on what is the value that you bring to society or to your audience or to your customers. And the business environment is going to change. We will have, we are having floods, for example, right now in Switzerland. These, these elements will keep on coming, but they should not change who you are. And as a storyteller, your audience has to understand, has to have this warm feeling of the person telling me a story, somebody that I know. I, I connect with that person. And the story that this person is telling me is something I want to listen to. And that comes with authority, it comes with authenticity, and that can only be a long-term promise. It cannot be short-term. And agility is something else. Agility is your ability to adjust the way you're telling your story because the circumstances have changed. So maybe 200 years ago, your story would have been a 200-page book, and now maybe it's a 15-second uh, video on TikTok. But the intent, your purpose has not changed. And this is an element that business leaders might be struggling in understanding. Yeah, I think two, two parts to that. I think agile, people just assume that agile is quick and that that's not the case. Yet you might have technologies that make you more beneficial with regards to the speed of your processes or your operations. You may be able to find benefit from that, but... The actual agility element, if you're looking at it from a people perspective, I think you still need to have a relative time of reflection to see, well, actually, if we're going to do an assessment of how we're operating as a whole from an um, internal culture, then we need to understand what works for us and what works for people individually. And that that's begins by a huge process of engagement. And, you can, and with that, you cannot expect to have change to be delivered in a heartbeat. It's not a product, it's not a service, it's, it's a long-term journey that you go on. And then also to look at storytelling again, like since the dawn of humanity, like storytelling has ultimately allowed us to make sense of the world in which we live in and the wider world and the deeper meaning. So whilst the world is changing around us, um, the central point of storytelling must also remain the same. It's about creating those emotive experiences and having that ability to engage with people's individual lives, what they stand for, what they believe in. And then, you know, that, that inspires a deeper connection that like stories that are able to at least touch upon our individual lives and the struggles that we may have, that ability to show your vulnerabilities, that's what creates powerful stories. You have to allow for, in your storytelling, that, that ability to create a, a narrative around vulnerability around, and again, what you stand for and what you represent. It's, it's not that hard. <laughs> and there has to be an element of struggle in a, in a good story. And everything cannot be pink and happy. And it's how do you integrate that element of struggling into your story? How do you make sure that your audience gets immersed in the struggle that you are also facing? 
it's not enough to think that if you're going to eat plant-based and, and have uh, electric cars, that the, the, the climate change is going to change. It's, it's far deeper than that. And it's going to require a change of who we are if we really want to have to be um, to have the opportunities, not replacing A by B, but reducing. And that ability to reduce is going to be a major shift and it's going to be that element of struggle in our, in our story as humanity. And we're not touching that. We're not touching the fact that it's going to be a struggle. And when I work with my clients, one of the elements I, 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 I share with them is changing the way you sell is going to be difficult because you've been used to of working in a certain way for years and now we're going to introduce a new approach and you're, you are naturally going to resist it. I'm not a neuroscientist, but the brain doesn't like to change. So if you're going to change a way to operate, there's an element of resistance and we have to be aware of that and we're not touching it. We're not touching it enough. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. It's It's also, it's trying to understand how that message is going to be put across. So that, that maybe kind of draws us into the next bit, which is looking at where we are now, what, what's your beliefs for the future? Where, what do you take from the pandemic by ways of learnings? And what do you take from your engagement with your clients? What, what's your beliefs for the, what the future may hold? My key takeaway is that it takes commitment in whatever we're going to do. And we cannot change who we are on a every six months basis. So I want to be committed. And, and, and the business commitment is something that I, I see in a three to six years uh, term and not for the next six months or, or the next 12 months. And if we want to see sustainable change, there, there has to be that commitment and this, this willingness to endure. It's not sexy. It's about discipline. It's about regularity. It's about making sure that we stick to what we have set in terms of goals and, uh, and being willing to acknowledge that there are going to be some failures, but we're going to keep on working towards that goal. And, and as a business, this is my commitment to, to our team at Sniper Hill is to not focus on the next three to six months, but really focus on the next three years. Yeah, I think you summed up, you summed up correct in the fact that it's, as you say, it's not going to be sexy, but if we are going to drive more towards a sustainable agenda and, you know, purpose-led change and to see some of the most pressing issues that we face in society being addressed rather than just being greenwashed, but actually seeing some true action taken, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some proper investment and it's going to take, I would say, a global effort. So this is why I do find it quite puzzling sometimes where you see kind of countries wanting to take back control and go back into their siloed mentalities when actually the world in which we live in and operate within is a is a is a global planet we we work and we have partners all over the world so it requires global change and for that to happen i do think there'll be further opportunities for international collaboration we'll obviously dive into a lot more of the learnings that we've seen throughout the last 24 months at least from that, we'll we'll have to start building out methods to support some of the most pressing issues. Like we we cannot simply ignore anymore. Like his, historically, if we take climate change, I was born in the eighties, and throughout my my lifetime, climate change has has always been on, on the agenda, but it's never been addressed. There's never been a, a key impetus to, to to kind of 
stop us from jumping off that precipice. And I think going forwards, like businesses, they, they'll have to come towards a, a global alignment to address some of these issues. You know, how do we stop climate change from, from advancing on, onto society? Because if we look at where that could take us, then, you know, it's, a, it's not a happy ending. It's ultimately a, a difficult ending for us all. So, you know, and it doesn't have to be that way. So I think there is opportunity for change, but ultimately people have to be prepared to take the action. What, what I would say is you mentioned we were both born in the 80s. I think what is changing, at least in continental Europe, is we have the pandemic, we have the floods. We, we're starting to see more and more the effects on climate change uh, in Europe itself. And that has to drive a change in behavior. Because for the first time, I think, in, in history, as Europeans, we're seeing the impact of, these, uh, of our actions. We're seeing the impact of globalization in terms of pandemic. We're seeing the impact of, uh, of climate change up to, to, to Switzerland, where floods are not really that common. This should be a trigger for, for, for a change. Uh, crises are usually an opportunity for, for, for major shift. So, so let's see if it happens. Am I optimistic? I don't know. I think it's, a, it's too difficult to, to, to forecast. But I think if there's a moment where humanity can make a change, and let's just say the focus on Europe and the UK, if we're, we're capable of making a change, is probably today. Exactly. I think that's a great place to finish because, um, yeah, ultimately for us to go forward we do everybody needs to go through a period of change no thank you very much for for your time it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much pete uh, great honor to be uh, to be talking to you and to have a chance to to reconnect with you wish you all the best this podcast was brought to you by purpose made a strategic change consultancy supporting people and business to navigate the post-pandemic global society. This is what transformational change sounds like. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe and we'll see you again for the next episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.